It's another beautiful day, Chai Companions. This is Lizana Kaufo, of course. You know me, I know you, and I'm so grateful that you're there listening to this episode right now. Orchestrated Expression. Yes, that's the name of today's episode with our guest, Surya, an American student from the University of Georgia. I love the sound of Georgia. And a violist. And um, an inspired, unaspired um, anthropologist. I had to take a pause. You know, this terminology. Yes, I am an African woman. Yes, glad I'm bilingual. But it's very, very easy to say Lizana Kafa or Mampanje Kasalanga Kunta Nyongo. Um, but when it comes to just, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> to pronounce um, some other names from a different, you know, part of the world, I have to know, premeditate. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast here. Welcome to this episode. And we have our beautiful Surya as a guest. Stay there. This is Lizana Kaufman and you're listening to Chai Congo. Karibu. Yeah, um, well, I'm currently in university. I'm an undergraduate student at the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. and I'm studying anthropology and music. Yes. Um, my, my specific interest is in musicology and ethnomusicology, so looking at how music interacts with culture, um, why people listen and perform music, how they listen and perform music, what role music plays in cultural systems. Um, so that's what I'm focusing on right now. Uh, I'm also a violinist. I played violin for uh, 16 years now. Not all of those were productive years, <laughs> but um, it is, it's been a part of me for a long time. Music, uh, not only listening, but playing and performing. Um, so that's something that I like to explore as well. Uh, uh, thank you so much. I would re- also really like to know, you have been in, in there for over a month, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Over a month? Uh, yes, I was in Dar for eight weeks, eight uh, seven weeks, weeks about. Mm-hmm. Seven weeks, okay, more than a month, almost two two <laughs> months, <laughs> that is. Yeah. And, and Yes, and you were evolving around arts and culture scene, being in an art space. I would, all, I would mm-hmm. really like to know your perspective, or your opinion rather, on our arts and culture scene. What do you think of our arts and culture scene, like the diversity and all the uh, the ecosystem of arts and culture in Tanzania? Yes. Um, well, it was so interesting for me being a part of this arts and culture scene um, through Nafasi. Nafasi was my primary yeah. uh, connection to the arts and culture scene since I was an intern there. Um, but one thing that I really loved about it was the network of artists that I found. Mm. Um, I think that Nafasi, that's something that was really interesting about my stay there, is that once you get involved in one of these arts communities, you're part of this network. Um, you know, Dar es Salaam is a massive city. There are so many people. That's very But true. the arts community seems much smaller, and I think it's because it's so connected. All of these um, arts communities and arts centers mm. are connected, and they have events together, they work together. And I think that's something that's really interesting and 
not as common, I think, in some cities in the United States. Yeah. Um, there isn't that network or that community or the sense of collaboration between centers and art communities. And that was something that was really interesting. You could go to any arts event in DAR yes. and you would know people from other arts events and from other arts centers. And it was really interesting having that sense of community. And something else that I thought was really interesting is that artists were not so centered on one form of artistic expression all of the time. Uh, when I met with artists, they would introduce themselves as one type of artist, usually, mm. but they would go on to say that they do this form of art and this form of art and this form of art. And people were really involved in a lot of forms of creative expression. And I thought that was so wonderful that people were able to find an identity as an artist in so many mediums and not just through one pathway. Mm, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful take. And um, I really, I, I, I'm, I'm loving because this is funny because I, I told you that I don't really understand the type of music that you're really into, mm. the classics and orchestra. But here I really <laughs> want to know more of that part. Like, uh, what exact exactly <laughs> are you doing with that type of genre? Um, yeah. What are you taking that in school? And what's your plan? And the violin, please. Let's talk about the violin. Yes, yes. Um, so, like I said, I've played for sixteen years, 16 and years. Oh. Um, usually in the United States, um, at least the type of violin that I've been studying is. Uh, it's a very formal study, mm. and it's usually in the classical tradition. Um, and so um, you grow up and you take lessons with one professor. Um, yes. And that's focusing on classical music. You learn how to read sheet music, mm. um, perform that music solo. And usually you're also in uh, group ensembles. So you could be in like a string quartet or in an orchestra. Um, and so that's kind of what the education is like when you're growing up in the classical music world. Um, so I was a part of that, but also my family has always enjoyed non-classical music. And so I have played folk music, um, bluegrass, American folk, folk, folk from around the world. Mm. Um, and so that has kind of allowed me to step outside of the classical tradition as well, um, which I think is important because it's, mm. it's important to explore all of the different kinds of music that you can play. Mm. And that's why I enjoy violin as well, because it's a really versatile instrument. Uh, you can play classical music, and that's a path that many people take. Mm. But you can play so many types of music, and it really opens up your horizons and allows you to um, see what else is out there. Uh, and that's something that I've found in university. It's a bit difficult, at least at the university mm. that I go to. Mm. It's very centered on classical music. Um, the courses you take are focusing on classical music. The lessons you take are classical. So it's been a bit difficult for me to uh, leave that world and explore other things. Uh, and that's something that I really appreciated about my time in DAR, is that mm -hmm. um, I was able to explore other forms of expression on violin. Uh, and that was, it really helped me grow, I think. Uh, do you identify yourself as an artist? It's, that's an interesting question. I have always struggled to do so. Mm. Um, and I think 
partially that's because I have played violin for so long. Yes. But I always just said that I played violin. I never considered myself a violinist or a musician. Mm. And I think that's something that has changed a bit more in the past few years because I've been so involved in university. Um, when you're in university, at least at my university, in the first few years of studying music, it's very performance-based. Mm. And so I started considering myself more of a musician. But I've never really connected with performing music uh, in a way that was personal mm. and expressive, if that makes sense. Um, I enjoy it, and I've, I've done it for all of my remembered life. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if that's my go-to form of expressing myself. Mm. Uh, you know, most people who are musicians really... Um, find music to be the way that they express their emotions mm. and they're passionate about that form of expression. And I've never felt that deeply connected to it uh, in a way where I would want to be a performer as my career. Mm. But I do consider myself a creative person. And so mm. maybe that makes me an artist. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> because I usually ask a lot of... Um, a lot of guests that I have on podcasts, uh, especially those who who deal with arts, uh, what the art meant to them. And there you were expressing yourself, and I was like, I'm finding everything that you're saying beautiful. And to me, you're an artist, Surya. <laughs> you're very much an artist. Thank you. Yes. Um, okay. Even though you don't identify yourself as an artist as much, but I would also like to know the places that you explore in art, violin, the orchestra, uh, the studies you take, um, uh, the artists that you work with, what does art mean to you? That's, it's an interesting question. It's so hard to define art, I think. Yes. Um, but I think art is something that is an expression. It's an expression of humanity, of who we are. Mm. It's something that brings people together. It's something that people can connect with um, in an emotional way, in a way that speaks to them on a deeper level. Um, and I think that can take a lot of forms. It, it really is what art is to the individual, mm. which is why I think it's so difficult to find an objective definition um, for art. Um, but for what art means to me, I think really, I mean, I consider myself an anthropologist. I'm studying anthropology, and mm. so I'm really interested in people and humans and what brings humans together. And so I think that's one of the things I love most about art, and that's the the perspective with which I like to access art is the way that it brings people together and what it means for communities and groups of people. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love that definition. <laughs> even even though you were like, okay, uh, you were giving me like, okay, I said I'm not an artist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so apart from playing the violin, apart from all this that you're... Um, that you mentioned and what I have really uh, been knowing you for, what other skills and talents you have, you know, under yeah. your sleeves? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, I 
I've played music for a long time, but maybe that's yes. not my my go-to form of artistry, even yes, though it's the most it. obvious, I would think. Um, but I've always loved academics okay. um, and school and learning. Mm. And um, especially with what I'm, I'm studying with anthropology, mm. I love trying to understand people and communicate stories. Wow. I love storytelling. Storytelling. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I'm still exploring a bit. Mm. Um, you know, when you are doing research in anthropology, it's something called ethnography, mm. um, where you go into groups of people and you try to understand those groups of people and then represent that understanding. Um, and often this takes the form of uh, like a scholarly paper or an article. Um, it's like a written representation of this group of people. Mm. Uh, and so that's something that I've been doing in my studies. Mm. And I'd like to consider myself a good writer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to explore other ways of representing people as well. Um, and so maybe that's a skill that I'll be growing more in the future. But mm. that's something that I also found interesting about my time in Dar is that I was exposed to a lot of new ways of representing stories mm. uh, in anthropological ways. Mm. Even if people didn't consider themselves anthropologists, they considered mm. themselves artists. Mm. I think that those two disciplines can be so connected in ways that people don't realize. Can you can you mention um, some of them? Sorry. Can you mention some yes. of them that you encountered? Yeah. Um, the One of those people was Roger Mockbell. You yes. know him. Uh, oh, okay. He was an artist in residence yes, at Nafasi. Yes. And he was looking at uh, photography. He's a photographer. Mm. And he was doing documentary. Working with people. And but the way that he represented the, these people's experience and his experience was through photography. Um, and that's not the represent ethnography, ethnographic mm -hmm. research. Um, but I thought that this was a really interesting artistic and creative way of mm. doing so. Um, and so that was one of the examples uh, that I was inspired by. Is um, I also had the opportunity to go to the Zanzibar International Film Festival, ZIF, mm. and I went to a workshop there that was looking at um, experimental film and uh, expressing experiences and, and people's stories through experimental film. And I thought that was another interesting way that you can represent ethnographic research um, through film that isn't necessarily mm. documentary. Um, it can be fiction, but it can mm. still express people's stories and people's experiences. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, now, okay, <laughs> bear with me. These questions are going to be short, but they're very, very important. Um, do you consider yourself an extrovert or introvert? Okay. Okay, got it. <laughs> I would say I'm an introvert. <laughs> uh, an, an introvert who can really express themselves well but also i i do believe in introverts, <laughs> in, in introverts with expression they um introverts 
they can really, really express themselves well when they're very comfortable, when they feel like, okay, <laughs> no one is stepping on my shoes right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I consider myself a social person. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot of energy. So I do, I do have to have my personal time to regain that energy and be able to... Uh, be an extrovert again, if that makes sense. <laughs> Recharging your batteries. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, do, okay. Now moving on to, to, to mental health, you know that I mentioned that I'm doing this podcast for the wellness, especially among creatives. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think people talk much about their emotions? Like, do you think uh, people, now this question will come to you as those people were close to you, um, do you think um, people have tendency to open up about their emotions? I don't know uh, uh, um, about um, about your culture, but here it's people talk a lot in here. You've been in da. People talk a lot. Yeah. Uh, people are very yes. expressive, outspoken. God knows, I talk a lot. <laughs> But, <laughs> but when it comes to their emo emotions, it's it's very very hard for people to speak up, uh, um, to speak about their inner feelings, uh, if they're stressed out, if they're facing you know like difficult moments and everything, in such a deeper level, they people yeah. struggle with that. I don't know about your culture. Would like like to know on your on your side, on your part. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's always hard to say because I think that the ability to speak about your emotions and how you're doing and mental yes. health really depends on your context, your situation, mm. um, who you are, what your bubble is. Yeah. I think in general in society, it's something that's still very difficult for people. Mm. Um, I think it... It is getting a bit easier, especially with my generation, just because, at mm, least in the United yes. States, I think we've really focused on bringing mental health issues to light mm. and making it a topic that is not as taboo, that is acceptable to talk about with mm. other people. And I think, you know, you know my bubble is uh, younger people, usually in university, mostly, um, and it's also people who tend to be pretty artistic mm -hmm. and I think um, even if they're not able to talk about their emotions um, through words or by directly talking with people, artists sometimes have unique tools of expressing themselves in ways that other people can't and so maybe in my bubble <laughs> people are more able to <laughs> express their emotions just because they're artists and they have those tools but I think in general, it's still something that's very difficult for people. If you are to advise anyone to take care of their mental health, to practice a self-care routine, uh, what would that be? Hmm. Uh, well, that's something that I think looks different for everyone. Yes, it does. Um, depending on uh, you know who they are, what they enjoy doing, uh, what they find relaxes them or calms them down or heals them. Um, but for me, uh, there are a few things that I always do when I'm not doing well mm. and when I know I need to fix something, when something's just not right. 
Mm. Um, some of those things are basic, um, which is sleeping, eating. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think sometimes you can get so overwhelmed that mm. you forget the basics. The basics are so important. There oh, are times I, where I've been I, so I stressed. Love this. I, lo I love that you're mentioning this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so easy to forget. It's yes. so easy to forget the basics. Um, and then, you know, you're so overwhelmed and you you eat something and you get a good night's rest. And then even if things aren't perfect in the morning, it's always a bit better yes. <laughs> um, after those basics. Um, another thing that I, I really enjoy doing and that helps me a lot is just mm. walking. And I'm not sure what it is about walking. But again, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm not doing well, if my mental health is just not in the right place, if I go out and I just walk with no distractions, no music, um, by myself, and you just give, you, give yourself some time to be mindful um, and rest and mm. move and be outside, it really helps for me. I love you know, walking. But at the beginning of the walk, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I could feel better. And I finish the walk and I'm like, you know what? Oh. I'm better. Like, not all the way better, but it did something. <laughs> No, I, 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 I think I love the basics and um, you're the first person actually on the podcast out of uh, 30 plus people have, who have been here who remembered the basics. And this, this also poses as a reminder to myself as well to remember the basics. Um, Surya, would you prefer a small wedding or a big wedding? Sorry, sorry, my my. Okay, oh. I had a I had a little bit issue with connection. So can I please uh, repeat the question? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, a small wedding or a big wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting question. Well, I'm not much of a an advanced planner. I have to say, <laughs> which is funny because I tend to be a pretty neurotic person. Mm. And when things are short term, I plan in detail. But when things are in the future, I don't think about it much. So I haven't thought much about what I want my wedding to look like. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but I I love big celebrations as, as much as I am an introvert. If it's for a, <laughs> a limited period of time, mm. I really like celebrations where you have all of the people that have been important in your life and so maybe maybe the rest um the wedding itself could be more intimate smaller gathering but i think it would be really fun to have a big reception <laughs> with a lot of people <laughs> wow that's that's, <laughs> that's a really really interesting take coming from an introvert okay yeah <laughs> Okay, so this is a uh, this is none of my business type of question, but I'm going to ask anyway. 
Are you single or are you dating? <laughs> Go ahead. Single dating. <laughs> I am single right now. Okay. <laughs> Should we ask why? <laughs> Again, I'm still in university, so I'm quite young. I have plenty of time to yes. find someone to settle down with. So yes. I'm, I'm not desperate uh, to look for that right now. I, have, I think that now is a really important time to explore by myself and find mm. myself. And, um, yeah, not, not be down by anything. Have, have this experience to... Learn about myself before I'm with someone. Very smart. Smart choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Surya. I really, um, I would really like for you to tell um, your two cents on art and cult arts and culture in general. And um, if you have any projects, um, anything that you want to communicate to my audience, this is your time. This is your floor. All right. Um, well, like I've said, arts and culture, I think, are one of the most important parts of being human. And I think so often they're overlooked, but it's really important that everyone finds way of involving them in their life somehow, um, because they're so fulfilling. It's one of the most wonderful parts of being human and wonderful parts of connecting with others. Um, which is why I love arts and culture so much, Hello. and I think everyone should. <laughs> um, and I'm not working on anything currently. Mm. So, nothing too exciting on that front. <laughs> Just <laughs> continue my studies, and hopefully there will be something exciting in the future. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So, any plans to come yeah. back to Tanzania? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, please. please. Nothing please. specific yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Oh, thank you so much, Surya. This has, has really been um, a pleasure, a honor, and thank you so much for gracing the podcast and for your... Uh, thank you so for, much for, for having me. For your Wonderful insightful takes as well. And <laughs> there are some little <laughs> stuff that we kept on forgetting, but they are very, very important. Uh, I love how you, you, you talk about arts and culture scene in the and how you were like encountered these different experiences from artists and you were like looking at them as anthropologists and all of that thank you so much thank you so much thank you let's Thanks. keep in touch <laughs> all right yes sounds wonderful <laughs> have a good day have a beautiful productive Thanks. day Okay. Uh, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you. Did you know that playing a violin 
can burn up to 170 calories per hour. Mm. So if the treadmill is not your thing, maybe it's about time you start to look into some other musical instruments so that you can speed up your metabolism and be in shape if that's what you want, by the way. So <laughs> that's our fun fact. Thank you so much, Surya. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode on this podcast, Chai Convo. Until the next episode, this is Lizana Kafwa and I love y'all.